Welcome back to our series that we're calling Messy because that is what we are. But the great thing about following Jesus is that he empowers me to be honest about my messiness and then leads me through it and actually brings out the blessing in my messing. And today, we're going to go a little bit deeper in this by studying one of the most famous stories Jesus ever told. You can follow along in your Bible or your device uh, where we read this from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? The expert answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But the expert wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. This is a story about a mess, about grace, and about being a messenger of grace. The story starts with a mess. The mess is a broken body on the side of the road. Jesus tells us that a man is attacked and left on the side of the road in a mess. He is exposed in shameful nakedness because... His attackers have stripped him of his clothes. He is stripped of his self-worth because they've taken from him everything of value. And he's wounded. He's beaten down. He's paralyzed. He's half dead and hopeless. And if you think about it, you've been in a mess like this on the road of life. Maybe you are right now. You know, you know what it is to be exposed and embarrassed. Maybe you've been stripped of your health, or maybe you've been stripped of your marriage or your kids, or maybe you've suffered some kind of shame or embarrassment because of mistakes and failures in your life. You know what it's like. I know what it's like to be shamed on the side of the road. And I know what it's like to be robbed of my self-worth. This man was stripped financially. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have been in a financial mess. Or maybe you know what it feels like to be stripped of a job and unemployed on the side of the road. Maybe even right now, you have the pain of having people in your life robbing you of your self-worth by 
beating you down with criticism and negativity and destructive language or actions. But besides being stripped of his clothes and his possessions, this man was on the side of the road and he was suffering deep pain and wounding. And all of us know what this is like. All of us have been beaten up by the attackers of worry and fear and depression and anger. You know the pain of grief of losing a loved one in death. Or maybe you know the pain of being bullied in school or intimidated at work or attacked in key relationships now or somewhere in your past. Just like the man on the side of the road, I'm a mess. And I know what it is to be a mess on the side of the road. I know what it feels like to have judgment thrown at me by a priest or a Levite who avoids me and goes and crosses on the other side of the road to just stay away from me and my mess. But I've also experienced the compassion of a Samaritan who sees me and kneels beside me and brings healing to my life. I've experienced the grace of a Samaritan who sees me, cares for me, whether I'm lovable or I'm unlovable, whether I'm innocent or I'm guilty, serves me whether I deserve it or not, which leads to the next part of this story, which is grace. This is what the Samaritan extended to the man on the side of the road. When he refused to cross over to the other side of the road and avoid this guy in pain. He extended grace in the man's mess. What's grace? Grace is an undeserved mercy or an unconditional kindness that comes at a personal cost. You know, grace is given freely, but it isn't free. Grace is something that usually costs us something when we extend it. The Samaritan extended grace, and it cost him. It cost him his security. It cost him his time. It cost him resources of oil and wine and innkeeper money. Like I said, I've had good Samaritans in my life. I remember how when I was in high school, I was a freshman, and I was technically what might be called a dweeb. <laughs> I was not exactly cool. I was not exactly high potential. I did not exactly have hygiene. Uh, I was a mess. But a high school senior named Charlie, who was a campus superstar, and who loved Jesus, put his arm around me as a, as a freshman and mentored me and spent time with me at his personal cost. Costing him his time, costing him cool points with his uh, superstar senior peers. But Charlie came into my mess with a grace that changed my life. But even though Charlie came to me with a mercy that was undeserved or a kindness that was unconditional, it was not unprompted. No, there was a reason why Charlie showered that kind of grace on me. You know what it was? That he had received grace. He had received grace from someone named Jesus. Charlie grew up in an atheist home, but as a sophomore, through some relationships, he met Jesus, and he received 
this intense grace and forgiveness from God through Jesus. And after receiving this grace, Charlie just naturally wanted to extend it. He wanted to extend that same undeserved love and unconditional kindness to someone else. And Charlie told me that there was, out of everyone in his life, he could not think of a bigger, more undeserving loser than me. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Uh, Charlie shows what, it, what makes a good Samaritan, good. Experiencing grace is what makes the Samaritan good. And a lack of grace experience is what makes the priest and Levite cross to the other side. You know, the priest and Levite crossed the other side. Why? Because they had not experienced grace uh, in their life. They weren't living in that grace. You can't give something you haven't received and the priest and Levite could not give grace because they had no experience of God's grace. And you may say, how do you know that? It's not really in the story true, but it comes before the story. Uh, Jesus told this story of a graceless duo of, of law experts. He told this story to a graceless expert of the law who came to test Jesus by asking Who's my neighbor? The law of Moses is good. Don't misunderstand. The law of Moses is good. But unfortunately, anything good can be twisted. And that's what the priests and Levites and this expert who test Jesus did. Twisting the Mosaic law into a tool for judging people and justifying themselves. Did you, did you hear the expert say that? in the words before the story, wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? In his self-justifying mind, this expert doesn't need grace. <laughs> in his self-justifying mind, this expert thinks that, oh, messy people may need grace, but no, no, he's good. And Jesus says to the expert, nope, your graceless heart is not good. But let me tell you a story about someone who is good, someone who has received grace and is a messenger of grace in this messy world, which leads us to the next part of the story and how Jesus teaches me about being a messenger of grace in this messy world. In this story, Jesus depicts two law experts, and he shows where the graceless heart goes. It goes to the other side of the road. Because they have not received grace, the priest and Levite refuse to give grace and cross over. Why do they do that? What's going on in their hearts? Well, in the Gospels, we meet enough of these law experts to know how their hearts tick, how their graceless heart works. First, the graceless heart blames messy people for their messes. The priests and Levites of Jesus' day were famous for blaming people with messes. And Jesus implies that this graceless duo looked at this man who's beaten on the side of the road and they blamed him for his plight and so crossed over to the other side. I've done this. I'm ashamed to admit 
that there was a point in my life when I secretly blamed the victims of depression. And I said, you know, they just complain an awful lot. If they would just look at the bright side of life, they could get out of their sadness. But then you know what? I went through a period of intense sadness. But instead of blaming me, I had some good Samaritans who knelt by me. And instead of blaming me, they extended grace to me and supported me. And once you've been a receiver of this kind of grace, <laughs> it makes it kind of impossible for you to be graceless in your approach and blaming people in their messes. Next, the graceless heart judges messy people for their messes. The priests and Levites of Jesus' day were famous for condemning messy people. Jesus implies that this graceless duo saw the man on the side of the road beaten and they judged him and, and said that he must deserve this. This must be God's punishment for this man and therefore why should they get involved? How about you? Do you judge people for their messes? Without knowing what kind of medical condition might be in the background, do you judge parents with wild-acting children? Without knowing the full backstory, do you judge people with financial problems? And you may say, I'm not that kind of person. I, you know, I would never judge people uh, for their problems. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe not, because you see, there's a whole other category of judging. And I meet so many people, hate to say it, but people in a church like this one who are so quick to, to judge people when their messiness touches them or hurts them. Some people can be so quick to judge people. I know people who call themselves followers of Jesus, but they're what I would call one-strike people. You know, in baseball, you get three strikes before you're out. But these people, it's different. If you disappoint them one time, you're out. If you fail them one time, you're out. If you hurt them one time, even if it's a misunderstanding, even if it's by accident, you're out. You're out because you've been judged. They think you've lied to them. You're a liar. You're unfaithful. You're untrustworthy. And you can never redeem yourself in their eyes. Listen to me, please. You cannot call yourself a follower of Jesus and be a one-strike person. Why? Because following Jesus is all about grace. The only way that I can have a relationship with God by following Jesus is by constantly receiving his grace for all the ways I strike out, past, present, and future. In fact, I prove that I've truly received grace when I extend grace out of the overflow of the experience. This isn't my idea. In his famous prayer, after Jesus teaches us to pray, Forgive me as I forgive those who uh, sin against me. Jesus says these words. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And this is just a restatement of the prove it principle. 
that I prove that I'm receiving God's grace when I extend grace to the messy people in my life, to those who hurt me and those who are hurting on the side of the road of life. So do you have a grace-filled heart? Do you? Only you know. And here's how you'll know. When you encounter a mess on the side of the road, somebody's messy, what's your reaction? Your internal reaction. Every messy situation I encounter on the side of the road reveals my heart. Whether my heart is generally grace-filled by my reaction of compassion and kindness, or whether my heart is graceless by a, a blaming, judgment reaction. Where's your heart? Take a look at the next mess you come across in a messy life on the side of the road. If I'm a follower of Jesus, being a messenger of grace in this messy world is not an option for me to consider. It is a command. We just read it in those words of Jesus. It's a command to obey. So how do I do it? How do I become a messenger of grace? First, I admit my messiness and my constant need for grace. You know, the priest and the Levite were a mess like everyone else, but because they self-justified, they missed the experience of grace. First, I must embrace the truth that I am messed up, and then two, I can then receive God's constant grace in Jesus. This is not a one-time act. This is a moment-by-moment, wave-after-wave experience of God's undeserved mercy and unconditional kindness that empowers me to then, in the overflow, I extend grace constantly to the messy people I meet on the road of life. We live in a really messy world, so please notice that you're not expected to care for every beaten man on every road in the world. Just the man on your road of life, on your side of the road. You know, Charlie extended some grace to me, and I'm still talking about him 40 years later. That's the impact you'll have when you commit to being a messenger of grace in this messy world.